Hi, Damien Marcus from 100 Not Out here. MP. Yes, Damo. We all know the importance of having a diary, but who wants a boring old day planner? Not me. Enter the journey of me. Ta-da! The incredible eight-month wellness journal designed especially for wellness peeps like you. Yes, Damo. This beautiful eight-month wellness guide is filled with questions, planners, exercises, reflective notes, and more. Endorsed by the Up For A Chat girls and loved the world over, the journey of me is a must-have if you're ready to live your best life for life. To purchase your very own journey of me and receive a free set of inspirational postcards, simply enter the code COUCH at www.wellandnew.com. That's www.w-e-l-l-i-n-e-u-x.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up For A Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Kim Morrison, and we do not have the gorgeous Cindy or Karen this week, as they're both traveling overseas, but rather than miss a podcast, I could not miss an opportunity to interview two extraordinary women and bring them to you up for a chat listeners this week, because I know you are going to be blown away with what they're about and who they are and what they're doing as amazing change agents in the world. So I would love to welcome to the show the beautiful Maxine Yates and Amanda McMillan from Well and You. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you, Kim. Thanks for having us. Oh, look, I have to say to you guys that um, we are actually in Byron Bay at the moment recording this. I had these two special souls come especially to present in part of our wonderful sensory retreat. We did a four-hour session yesterday of journaling, um, creating vision boards, finding out our true authentic selves, really questioning things in ways that we've never been challenged before, I have to say to you. And then this morning we did yoga on the beach as the sun came up. I mean, really, you guys are phenomenal. Can you please, Amanda, tell us how this all started, give us your story, and then Maxine, maybe you can jump in and explain how you guys came together. Yeah, thank you, Kim. Thanks for having us. It's amazing here at Byron Bay. Um, so the story of Well and You started about three years ago. Michelle McCartan and I, two girlfriends who met through the corporate world, were going on our own um, wellness journey and we were trying out loads of different things, everything from CrossFit to, um, gosh, all types of different kind of diets and protocols and, you know, all of this sort of thing. Some of them worked really well and others worked miserably. Um, we were almost um, asked to leave the CrossFit, I think. <laughs> but we were, because of our learning and development backgrounds, we sort of collected all of this information and shared and supported each other to find what really worked for us in a wellness space. Um, we had young families, worked full time, so we were kind of juggling everything that everyone does in life and just sharing the stories and, and sharing our journey to wellness. And we went away to a retreat, kind of similar to this retreat where we're at at the moment with Byron Bay. And it was beautiful and Michelle and I had the best time. Um, but when we stepped back into our normal lives, there was nothing kind of to support us on the journey past that weekend. 
So we kind of thought to ourselves, look, wouldn't it be beautiful to put all of our knowledge together into a journal to support women on their journey past the the retreat program and and just to support them on their journey, really? Mm -hmm. And, you know, really kind of lay it out for them in in terms of talking to them about their unique journey rather than, you know, CrossFit might work for you or certain protocol might work for you. We really wanted to open things up and, and, you know, really convey to people that they have the answers inside Mm. and to have fun and explore and experience what wellness means to them and and put together their own protocol, I suppose. So, you know, if she's someone that responds really well to meditation, fabulous, do that and find a time in your day to do that every day and create those rituals. Um, You know, if something doesn't work for you, if yoga doesn't work for you, great, don't do that. So Mm. we, we pop together sort of our story, I suppose, into a journal for people to use. And I think the key to that is the um, individuality Mm. rather than boxing everybody into one protocol and one thing or people feeling like they're failures Mm -hmm. because so often I think it's great. I mean, Cindy refers to it all the time as biohacking. So from a food perspective, constantly trying different foods to see which ones work for you because, Mm. as we know, not everything is the same for everyone. And I think what I loved about Jean, The Journey of Me, was it really allowed me to find out who I was on the journey as I journaled my eight-month process. Um, Maxine, explain a little bit how you came to being involved then with Jom and how you are with mm-hmm. us here now. Yeah, so, um, well, yeah, I think everything I've done in my life has brought me to this point where, where I'm at now, which is just amazing. So Amanda and I... Oh, probably known you for about four years now I think but we we worked in two um, organizations but not together mm-hmm. um, in education and learning companies and and um, more recently um, I I worked for a program for people that had mental health problems and disabilities and we were supporting them to return to work and one of the interesting things about that is that it isn't about how good you are at job interviews or finding a job. It's how you feel about yourself. Mm. So we took a very holistic approach with our program to support these individuals. And, and we focus very much on wellness. And we approached Amanda um, and Michelle, um, our colleagues, uh, to support us with that. And um, and the job came along and 2,000 people took that eight-month journey. And we saw phenomenal change so you know from the start I suppose um, I was there with the job it resonates with me it resonates with my friends my clients so it just seemed very natural to become part of you know the Wellamy team when we all kicked off at the beginning of this year so yeah. you, you just alluded to a fact that um, you know it felt right mm. it, it's the timing mm. and I think in life um, we are. There is opportunities constantly in front of us. It's whether or not we're in tune mm. to those opportunities. And I, I think it's like that old saying, you know, when if you're wanting to buy a, a green car or a, I don't know, a, let's say it was a, a Porsche Cayenne you were going to buy or something, all of a sudden you start seeing them everywhere. With you girls, it's almost like, and I don't know if you feel the same, but since the Wellness Summit, it's like the swell is growing. We're not such a minority anymore. And I know our listeners feel a little bit alone sometimes with even within their own tribes. What would be your advice on how 
to get in touch with yourself in order to stand in that truth so that it's not shaken. Mm. Because so often in our tribes, we have people knock us or put us down or, you know, knock what we're doing. Or if it does fail for us, we're told, told you so. Mm. What would be your starting point on being your true self so that that's unshakable territory? Mm. We do loads of work around this, Kim, and it's probably the thing that we're requested to to do and come in and, and run workshops around the most around the discovery um, part of the job. So the first chapter of eight chapters is discovery and we um, ask people or suggest to people that they always start with discovery. So get to know themselves and their true self at their core first because when you've got that really clear, everything else will flow from there. So decision making becomes a lot easier. You know, do I buy the green car or the red car or do I take, you know, one job off or against another job offer or, you know, something doesn't feel right in my life at the moment. Why is that? So it always comes back to the core self and authentic self. So with the job really asks the questions and that's the same thing as what we do in the workshops. Just ask really um, interesting and, and experiential questions for people to take the time to actually sit down and think about the answers because they've got them inside them already. And a lot of the time what we hear is, gosh, you know, amazing. We've spent half an hour on thinking about ourselves. We haven't done that for years, which seems ridiculous. But it's actually very, very true. People don't take the time to just sit down and get in tune with themselves and, and figure out where they're at at the moment. And, you know, some questions come easily and others don't come to people. And so what we encourage people to do is practice every day if they can or every week at least around those questions and, you know, continue to journal about them, write down the thoughts. It might be one word. It could be, you know, if you're a writer, you might write a page, but just to continuously check in on where you're at and your core and, you know, practice, experiment, um, get it really solid for you. Yeah. One of the things that you ask in the genre, so um, this book, this journal is, as you said, it's an eight-month journal. So you record everything you do on a daily basis around eight different areas of your life, which I love because most diaries you can kind of write whatever you feel, but this keeps you quite focused and allows you for one whole month to think about your nutrition, for example. Um, that first chapter, one of the questions that I thought was quite amazing was asking five people what um, they think are your strengths. Mm. I even found that hard asking the question, you know. So um, one of the nicest things since I've completed the Jean um, journey was I now ask everybody um, to ask someone sitting next to them or someone that knows them, what do you think are your strengths? And mm. we even did that in the car on a car trip mm. the other day with the kids and my husband. And so we went round um, in the car telling each other what we think our strengths are, which I think is a really powerful ritual in itself mm. because we all find fault. We, I think if I listed and asked everybody right here and now to tell me 10 things they don't like about themselves, they'd rattle it off quite easily. But now ask them to say five things that they think are extraordinary. Um, why is that? Why do you think that happens? I think we do. I think all of us have have this inner critic in us. You know, we're not good enough. Um, we can't do this. You know, we tell ourselves over and over again that, um, you know, we're, we're, not, we're not right. And, and it's such a shame. And I think one of the things that 
um, is beautiful about the job and um, the other things that we do at Wellanu is that we really encourage people to focus on mindfulness. So how it really is as opposed to what you think it is. So not allowing that clutter and those thoughts to overtake you. And so by asking people and getting a little bit of reassurance, we can start thinking, well, okay, I am okay. I am good at that. And start forming those new neural pathways that um, I guess are a little bit skewered with our inner critic and our negative thinking. So I think... um, I think it's with the pressure of, of, you know, today's society and the busyness, we don't take the time to stop and be mindful and think that we have so much, that we can be grateful for so much, that we can offer so much, that we are so much, just as we are. Um, So I think, yeah, a beautiful exercise is to always speak to other people, find your choir. We always talk about finding your choir, so people that you trust and believe in that can give you the honest answers and you can start silencing that inner critic. Do you think um, mindfulness is easy for people? I think people think it's complicated and this is why people don't try. So one of the things with, with mindfulness is we're all capable of it because it's just taking a moment to focus on what's what's going on, what's going on around you and not judging what's going on around you. So because we're bombarded with our, I think it's 80,000 thoughts a day, which is just phenomenal when you think about it, we can just notice that we've got 80,000 thoughts a day and that's being mindful. So we're not trying to silence those things. That will just come the more we more we practice. So um, I think people are really scared of the term mindfulness. I think people think it's connected with um, religion, um, but it doesn't have to be. It really mm. is simply just noticing and it could be noticing your breath, noticing what's around you. Well, just an exercise we did this morning, just before we entered the path into walking down to the beach, Maxine got us all around in the circle and just said, look, you know, you don't have to not talk, but I invite you to listen to the sounds, be aware of the smells, be aware of what it feels like because we're in bare feet. So even that in itself is being mindful because so often we put our heads down into our phones or we we are talking and the chatter means we miss things. And this morning we missed, well, we didn't miss a lot because we were so mindful, like a McMassive, hairy, eight-legged <laughs> creature that was just sitting there. <laughs> and, and the cockatoos that flew over us, the beautiful whippet birds, the amazing sound of the crunching leaves. The Like I was really aware of the taste of the salty air. I could hear people's breath. Like it really, and all of a sudden I just went to myself, this is what meditation truly is. This is what being mindful is. I read a book called Happiness Now by Thich Nhat Hanh and he said meditation is not sitting there cross-legged in the on position for 20 minutes twice a day. It's being mindful and we can slip in and out of that. Do you think 
it's something that we need to practice or do you think it's something that comes naturally once you're aware of it? Mm. I think it comes more naturally, Kim, the more we practice it. And I think that, as Max was saying, I think people are a little scared of what it means. Do I have to find 20 minutes twice a day to fit this in? A gorgeous thing um, Max was reading over the last couple of days is around even you can do it in the car with music. So, you know, when you're listening in the car on the way to work, rather than, you know, a lot of the time the radio is on, you're driving along, you're not really listening or paying attention but just really tuning into the song what are the words you know you know we we listen to the songs all the time but do we know the words and have we really tuned into it so I think that you can do it anywhere anytime and it's um what Wellenu's trying to do is show people that it's not difficult it's it's creating that ritual and and making sure that we tune into it on you know an ongoing basis just like brushing your teeth you know we want it to be just like brushing your teeth for people so very quick and easy and and done on a daily basis and often, obviously. Yeah. You know, on that note about music, I know a lot of young people get a lot of grief about the type of music they listen to. And certainly I have given my son a lot of grief over time around the heavy rap. And, you know, in our day, swearing and songs was not common Um, certainly not dropping the N word or the F word and all of this. But so it was, it's been quite hard for me to be driving along in the car with him with his rap music, absolutely hammering it out. There's one song that that again we're playing on the car trip and, and I said, Oh, Jacob, this is disgusting. Turn it off. And it was obviously this gorgeous black guy, but it was like, I hate the sound. I hate the music. I hate the people. I hate the racists. I hate the, um, whatever. It was just, it was awful. And I said to him, Jacob, this is awful. And he goes, Mum, listen to the words. And so I'm trying really hard to listen to the words. And it was all, I hate this, I hate that. And then I hate the quiet, I hate the noise. I hate the um, the good, I hate the bad. I hate the news, I hate the, like, and all of a sudden as I was listening to it, and then at the end of it, Jacob then says to me, so mum, now what do you think the song's about? And I said to him, well, it actually sounds like he's talking about the way we people talk. You know, like we all say we hate so many things all the time because one minute he was saying he hates the good and then he said he hates the bad and he go, and then he looked up there's an app that you can look up that deciphers what these musicians are actually ah. saying in their music and then he read it to me and this beautiful musician and forgive me for not knowing his name um i think it might have been someone like drake or something like that but he was saying that so often we say so nonchalantly how we hate this we hate that and yet it's really the negativity that's going on between our two ears mm-hmm. that creates those conversations. How do we break the pattern then? I know you're saying mm. write it, but for a lot of people writing, especially if you're a mum with two, three, four kids, mm. you've got a husband that's demanding maybe yeah. on many levels, you've got cars that need attending, you've got to cook you've got meals. <laughs> yeah. you know, like, what's yeah. your suggestion around that? Yeah. Max and I have a, a theory on anything under five minutes. So it could be listening to the song in the car, you know, when you're driving from point A to point B. And, you know, when you're listening to the song, you know, if, you know, you get emotions like, oh, gosh, you know, turn that off, Jacob. You know, that's really beautiful to think about as well. Why do I feel like that? You know, why do some songs resonate and some songs make me want to turn it off? It's just as simple as that. But, you know, rather than journal, some people like to talk into their phone. So, you know, short walk to the shop talking to your phone rather than journaling. Um, It could be, for example, for me, it's 
very visual. So it's sticky notes everywhere with, you know, how can you be 5% happier today? So just looking at that stuff as you walk out the door, that's a couple of seconds of mindfulness. Look at that, sets up your day beautifully. So a whole lot of stuff, you know, that we can do under five minutes really helps people. One thing that we found, um, a gorgeous workshop we ran a couple of weeks ago, um, there was one particular lady in the group and she really, really struggles with gratitude. Um, and what she was trying to do is, is every night, she was very dedicated, she had her own journal, um, someone else's journal, but it was really great. It was around gratitude and um, it asked her to reflect on her day and, and talk about what she was grateful for in her day. And her life at that point in time was pretty um, awful, really. And she really, really struggled to find something that she was grateful for in every day that wasn't just, you know, I'm grateful that the sun's come up today because that's not necessarily going to get you to the right place. She was trying to find things that were really meaningful for her around gratitude. And so it was really lovely because we all kind of sat around and talked about this and talked about how it was terribly hard for her to find things that were genuinely she was grateful for. So we kind of flipped that on its head and said, well, you know, start with, you know, start with other people. So start giving gratitude and appreciation to other people rather than trying to find it in yourself. Mm -hmm. So that, I think, is a really easy way to build that ritual up. So rather than kind of beat yourself up because I can't find anything that I'm grateful for in my life and this doesn't work and, you know, journaling's crap and put, you know, put that away and all of those sorts of emotions, find something that is easy to do for you and chip away at that every day. And once you can do that and give other people appreciation and gratitude, it's much easier to fill your own bucket. Mm-hmm. So start by doing things that are achievable and not, don't, don't, concentrate on things or don't kind of beat yourself up if something's not particularly working for you find something else and that's you know where the choir works as well Mm. so to be able to say to someone oh look I'm trying this gratitude thing and it doesn't work you know what are you doing what are some Mm. suggestions I think um I think again it comes back to that inner critic in us and we, we beat ourselves up because you know sometimes we do feel the world's against us and we have very negative feelings and what comes out of our mouth is very negative and the first step is accepting that that's how it is and you know we're just that inner critics kicking in again as soon as we become negative about our negative thoughts and our negative speech so for so many of us we um I guess we try, we try and push the negative feelings down. We try and hide the shadow. You know, we think that'll make us feel better. But I think by practicing gratitude, mindfulness, all of these techniques in a small, very small way, we can sit with those feelings and just accept that they're there. You know, if we feel we hate the world today, well, okay, that's how we feel. We hate the world today. There's absolutely no point in trying to put it in a box. It's just got to come up. Mm. And the more we do that and the more we practice that, and eventually in time, hopefully some of those feelings, those negative feelings, will um, dissipate and we'll start to feel more ease with ourselves and our thoughts. But it is a practice. It absolutely is a practice to become conscious about some of those things. Um, and some of the, the, the tools and tips mm. that we give away at Wellenu just enables people to, I guess, that pre-conscious stage. It will enable them to come to that aha moment. Mm. That's what I think. Do you think, um, one of my therapists has always said, and she's 90, she always <laughs> says, um, you've got to feel it to heal it. And and I think it's a really beautiful analogy along the same mm. path where 
Um, I think you're right. So many of us, and particularly those of us that are seen to be positive or um, perhaps, you know, as mums or, or dads or perhaps as big sisters or whatever your role is, for a lot of people, we feel like we've always got to be up and we've always got to be the good ones. Um, what would you say to someone right here, right now, listening to this, driving along their car, they're going through a tough time right now. It might be that they're witnessing someone they love going through a tough time or they themselves are just really, they're welling up even hearing our words. What would be your advice on on what would be your first step? Mm, I would mm. say feel it, well up. Feel that you're welling up. Let it, you know, if if you can't let the tears go, just acknowledge that they're coming or they're there. Because if we try and stifle that, we're not going to feel it till we heal it. We absolutely have to just hold on to that pain, acknowledge that it's there. It doesn't mean to say we engage with it. We just notice that it's there. So when we're practicing, for example, meditation, we will be bombarded with thoughts. We cannot stop our thoughts. So it's no good saying to somebody, or oh, just clear your mind. That doesn't work. We have thoughts. In fact, the more you tell me to clear my mind, the fuller it gets. <laughs> when I'm meditating, I'm making a shopping list. You know, I'm planning what's for tea. I'm getting angry because my kids said this to me earlier in the day. All of those things happen. They happen to all of us. So one of the, you know, one of the, the techniques, I guess, that we use is just Rather than engaging with the fact that, you know, I'm making my shopping list and I need to buy my eggs or whatever, it's I'm noticing I'm making a shopping list. I might notice that I've put eggs in there. It <laughs> doesn't matter. And the more you notice, the less it will happen. And eventually we might have a moment, a tiny moment, a second of clear thought, of clarity, of nothing. And it's those moments that are just absolutely magical. Mm -hmm. And as we continue to do that and practice that and notice our thoughts and feelings, negative, positive, good, bad, it doesn't matter. We're just noticing. The more we get those moments, those quiet, still, silent, beautiful moments. Mm. I was on the side of the Himalayan mountains a couple of years ago and was listening to the teaching of His Holiness, the 12th Kenting 12th Thai Satupa, who is the education head of Tibetan Buddhist monks. And one of the things he said was, um, and you mentioned the word before, the shadow and the light, that in order to truly, truly understand the light in our lives, sometimes the universe, God, source, whatever it is you want to call it, will create or present the opportunity of shadow and dark. So um, I've always had this philosophy that even though, and I'll be absolutely honest, when I'm in the middle of the shadow or the dark and I'm in tears or I, you know, and some of those things have been quite horrific and some of them have been fairly minor, um, either way, when you're in it, the last thing you want to do is feel it. You, mm, you just want to do everything mm. you can to avoid it. And, and you hate it. And I think as human beings, we tend to, move away from pain rather than understand what it means to be in pain. And I remember also when I was in labour, and for those of us that are mums, um, giving birth, I remember every contraction, I tried to hide it and hold it and, and didn't want it because it hurt so much until my beautiful mother-in-law said, my darling, it's like the tide, the ebb and the flow, the in and the out, breathe with the pain. And it was hearing that analogy even that, even when I'm in pain now, I use that as a metaphor for breathing with the ebb and the flow, the tide. But His Holiness said, 
in order to understand light, we have to have dark. I'm yet to meet a human being that has really, truly experienced life in 100% bliss. So if we're all trying to avoid the pain, is it not time and isn't part of what you guys are doing is teaching us to really understand that pain is part of the joy? Is that even, mm. is that mm. even the absolutely. right way to say it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what the questions lead people to, I think, Kim, as well. So some of the questions and some of the ways that we will ask people to do activities will really, you know, cause them emotion. And, and you know, that's a, that's a great thing. And we ask them just to notice that as well. So, you know, if you're finding a question hard or if you're finding it hard to you know read out a list of things that you're brilliant with you know just notice that why is that how can we work on that can we chip that away for people and I think it's about the five percents so you know we talk about five percent happier or five percent more authentic it's not you know how do you be a hundred percent of something because it's not reality you know that's what we're saying the dark and the light you know it's not reality that people are a hundred percent happy or a hundred percent authentic all of their lives so for us it's about those little five percenters so you know, when you are in the dark, what is that little 5% that you could get closer to the light? You know, so it might be walking outside with bare feet on. It could be looking at a flower. It could be sending someone a text message and, you know, receiving a response or trying to fill someone else's bucket, but just tiny little things. And I think that that helps a lot for people to understand that it's not, you know, when you're in the dark, it's not about pushing that away or, or you know, pretending that that doesn't exist. You know, it's actually about, you know, feeling that and stepping 5% closer to the light when you can, when you're ready to. Um, I think that's where I use the oils. For yes, me, that's know, right. It's the spritzing, it's the, the yeah, smell, it's, it's the taking s- a deep breath. Yeah, it's anchoring into those things that, that make you feel beautiful and make you feel whole. Mm. I think one of the one of the most powerful things we have at our, our disposal is choice, and we forget that you know. And sometimes choice is painful and difficult, but we have choice nevertheless. And I think our default, a lot of the time, is let's make the easy choice, the less painful choice. We don't want the shadow, we don't want the dark, but actually, by choosing the choice of of pain we can move forward. You know, we can find our 5%. Mm. We might not feel like doing it, but we have the choice. And I think it's a really, that's, you know, certainly the way I live my life, my decision-making, it all comes down to my choice with whatever I do. Um, I'm glad to say my choice, I feel, has always been, you know, right for me, perfect for me, and some of those have been very, very difficult choices. Mm. But, and yeah. I think sometimes then marking ourselves or thinking we've done the wrong one thing i'm starting to learn is there is no wrong Mm. it's just sometimes it's just perfectly imperfect or Mm. it feels wrong but in fact if it was meant to be any other way it would have been another Mm. way so um I, i truly believe that our paths are mapped out to a certain extent this is my own philosophy that there's a there's a there's an, a day where we may where we will take our last breath. What we do in between that depends on the choices that we make. Um, I think what I love about you girls is you're about being mindful of the journey. It's not about the end destination mm. or actually getting to a point. It's 
discovering yourself along the way and who you can be in, you know, without saying, you know, blowing these words and giving it hearsay, you know, being your best self. I mean, we hear it so often. Mm. It's like the word organic. It's like anything. It just all feels a little bit overused sometimes. But I think the journal is probably one of the most beautiful things you could do for someone. I have to share with you, um, I had a lovely family. They've gone through a breakup, a a relationship breakup Mm -hmm. just recently. The mum's looking at moving them from northern Queensland down to the Sunshine Coast to get a little bit of sunshine back into their lives. And the daughter's around 16, 17, so in her final, no, she's got two more years of school to go, and the son's about to go to high school. And I could just see the pain Mm -hmm. in, in all of them. But the little boy, I kind of, I, you know, I didn't feel um, I could connect with him as easily. But there was something mm-hmm. about the girl. Anyway, they happened to call into my office. And while she was standing there, I just said to her, you know, what do you think? And she was like, I don't want to leave my friends. I don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, it's, but I also don't want to be there. Like it was a real crossroad mm-hmm. for them all. I just walked straight into my office, opened up my cupboard and pulled out a Jean. And I handed it to her with my hands around hers on the book. And I said to her, I don't know if this is the right thing for you, but I feel like the universe is asking me to give you this so that you can document over the next eight months what this journey will be for you. She just got very teary and very emotional and just feeling like there was something to hold on to. Mm. Can you explain to us what the journey is? <laughs> what the genre journey is? Because it's pretty powerful. Yeah. We've, um, you know, I'm welling up when you're, you're talking about that, Kim, because we get so many beautiful stories all of the time and, you know, from, from different people, right from where we started with people with disabilities and the amazing sort of impact that that had on their lives right through, you know, to you know, everyone can kind of relate to the job, I think. So what the job is, is it's an eight-month journal, but I'm not sure that journal, like we really struggled with what it was. Is it a workbook? Is it a journal? Is it, you know, what is it? So um, we, we call it a journal, journey of me, really, journey of me, because it is a journey and, and you know, we believe so much that it is an, a journey and, you know, we kind of ebb and flow with it, as you said, and, you know, can have something that's going really well in our lives in one particular area and not so well in another particular area of wellness and so you know we might have forgotten about another area too so we Michelle and I kind of reflected and thought gosh what do we believe are the areas of wellness or areas of life really and so we have um, eight areas starting with discovery so everything from discovery rest growth connection and nutrition movement mind and there's one more, resources is the other one. Um, and some people say, well, you know, look, why did you put resources in there? Which is, you know, which can be money, it can be time, it can be all of those things. But, you know, we all have a limit of our resources and the way we spend those can create wellness in our lives or can create a lot of stress in our lives as well. We don't have enough time, we might not think we've got enough money, all of those things. So that's why we popped resources into that mix of eight areas. And basically what it is, is it sets up every month with a 
particular topic. So one of these eight areas we concentrate for the full month rather than sort of mix them around and, and, you know, be overwhelmed by them. We think, gosh, let's just focus in on one particular area and, and think about that and what's right for us in that. So at the beginning of the month, it sets up a whole lot of activities and reflection questions. So again, we believe that everyone has the answers within. It's just the question that they need to be asked. And so we have a whole lot of questions and activities people will do to set the month up. So that might be all around the mind. And then there's the journal pages for every day of that particular month. And and that's just a way to check in with people around how they're going. What are they implementing? Is it working? Is it not working? Being able to allow people to pick up on things that are not working really quickly and, you know, why would you do it for 30 days if it's not particularly working for you? So really giving people questions every day so that they can tune in on, yes, this is working for me or no, it's not or how do I change and morph um, what I'm trying to do to to bring me out to the other side at the end of the month. Mm. And then at the end of the month, we have a reflection. So, you know, what are the things that you've learnt during the month about yourself that you want to hold on to? And what are the things during the month that you've found out about yourself that you probably don't want to do again and, and don't want to experience or try again? And that's absolutely fine. So that's what we do across each of the areas of the, the job. And hopefully at the end of that eight months, you've got a beautiful um, detailed picture of yourself and what works for you and what doesn't work. Um, but really it doesn't stop, stop there. You know, it is a journey and these things will change and morph. And Michelle, um, who I mentioned before, who founded the company as well, she's in Devon and she's writing the next journal, which is, um, again, about the eight areas, but it's, it's a kind of a more free-flowing journal. So when people finish the, the initial eight-month program, they can go on and continue that journey of reflection and activities and, you know, just being more mindful. It's got a whole lot of mandalas in it and things like that that we've learned work across the journey as well. And it's meant to be fun. You know, the journey is fun and, and we're so obsessed, I suppose, in today with our, our goals and getting there. Um, so, yeah, for, for us, the journey of me is really about just enjoy your day to day. Just enjoy what's happening now. Let's not focus too much on, well, I need this amount of income or I'll be happy when, you know, I can meditate. I can meditate <laughs> I'll do or, yoga. <laughs> you know, I can bend backwards or whatever it is you're into. It's it's just fun today. Mm. So yeah. I think fun is a really, you know, I mean, it's something that a lot of people have lost. And yesterday, Kim, I think when we were doing the activities <laughs> and, you know, these activities are, you know, start with colouring in pencils and, you know, and move from there into, you know, the Play-Doh and the vision boards. And we had magazines and scissors and all of those sorts of things. And I think that they it are. It was adult kindy. It was adult kindy. <laughs> adult kindy at its greatest. It was so much fun. And to hear people saying, I haven't done this for so long yeah i haven't spent the time doing this that's the beauty of the time yeah and that's the beauty of investing in yourself and then having people like you who actually initiate that thought process i mean it's all very good while to go on a week's holiday yes but what i love about retreats is it gives people the opportunity to do a little bit of work on themselves Mm. if it's the right energy you know Mm. like you've got to find the right people that you want to be with but 
Um, just explain a little bit about the colouring books. You were both talking about I mean, colouring is so big out there at the moment. Everywhere you look, there's colouring books and all of that. But you guys were talking a little bit about the science of it. Can you explain why it's so good for us as adults to be colouring in again? Yeah, look, it's, you know, we love colouring and we're so excited that, you know, everywhere you look, you see these books. And, you know, I think the first thing everybody notices when they start colouring is they immediately feel relaxed and chilled out and, and childlike. And it happens really, really quickly. Um, so we have a, a friend of, of Wellinu who is a, a doctor in this space. And um, so we were chatting to him around it and, and the science behind it. And what's interesting is uh, within our brains, we when we're active and we're, we're talking with each other or we're, you know, we're, we're doing some work, our brain is in beta waves. So they're very, very busy, very active. And then when we begin to chill out a little bit and relax, our brains will move into alpha waves. And this is really important when we want to slow down those 80,000 thoughts and the busyness so that we can be more creative in our thinking. And the thing that happens when we color is it happens like that, just really, really quickly, straight into those waves. And so it's such a powerful tool to use if you're feeling anxious or stressed or too busy to take four minutes to colour, can have such a dramatic impact on your day, can have such a dramatic impact on your relationships with people around you, particularly in in the workplace, can have such an impact on your productivity and the ability to be innovative. And it's so simple. Mm. We should all be doing it. Mm. I'm starting to hear of corporates who mm. are using it before team meetings mm. and all my girls have got the books um, and the colouring and I hadn't thought about bringing it into part of the um, the team, but they've all got them and I don't mm. mind when they colour. But I actually have had this vision of getting a really, like a quite a big one that's got a whole lot of different pictures on it and that we all have a little part so that by the end of the year we'll have this beautiful big um, coloured in picture. Yeah, beautiful. Also, um, when I was studying, we had the anatomy and physiology colouring books, the brain neurology, plant physiology. Like there's a whole lot of anatomy books that you can get off the book depository. And um, and I reordered them all again because I coloured in all those books when I was studying in my 20s. And so they're books that I'm working on at the moment. So you're Gorgeous. learning while you're colouring. Mm. And I thought... For taking you, you back as well, yes, Kim. totally taking yeah. you back. But I also thought about, um, you know, a lot of children that are disruptive in classrooms mm-hmm. and, you know, people that are seen to be ADD maybe. I, I don't know if necessarily all children that are told they're ADD are or whether they're just a very playful, out there um, personality. Sometimes maybe for teachers an activity after lunch, for instance, mm-hmm. to bring them all back in would be to get their colouring books out. I was on the plane coming back from Melbourne just a couple of weeks ago and there was a group of dancers that got on board. I knew they were dancers because I've seen them at different events that Taylor's been at. These young men, they would have been 17, 18, 19, all got out their colouring books and were colouring in on the plane. So So people think that it's just for young or for women or different ages or women, but men, are look at the men yesterday. They were loving it. Mm. 
Can you explain to us then, like there's colouring, there's something, there's a tip. Give us some other little tips that would be what you would call around the edit. So give us some tips around, we've done discovery, let's look at rest. What would be some of your tips around rest? Mm, We've got a great um, workshop coming up on Mm, this one as well, Kim. Mm. Yeah, breakfast workshop with a gorgeous friend of ours, Kerry um, Rowett, who's a kinesiologist. Yeah, so that's really beautiful. Where are you doing this? We're doing it in Melbourne. Oh, with all you Melbourne listeners, you need to write this all down. (laughs) We'll put the details at the end of the the recording. So um, we actually run a breakfast workshop around these eight areas of, of wellness every single month. Yeah, which is really fun. Sorry, it's just in Melbourne at, at this stage, but it's really, it's really a lot, lot of fun. So people can come along and kind of dive a little bit deeper into each of the areas. Yeah, I almost on that note have a vision of you getting a whole lot of beautiful foot soldiers out there that have done the oh, beautiful setting up in their own towns. Of course, mm. we have a group of beautiful women who listen to Up for a Chat, and they've created their own Facebook page in oh. Nanker, and they all have their own Facebook page around Up for a Chat. Oh, and not the con- so hello, so you beautiful. gorgeous women. But they really, I think that's another yeah. nice thing. You could actually create Jean networks. Absolutely. Mm, and okay. loads, of, loads of people are mm, doing do it that. together. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's beautiful. It's such a beautiful thing. So rest is a really interesting um, topic, I think, and, and something that people don't, I suppose, give enough sort of credit to um, and it's not talking just about sleep so you know a lot of the time when when we think rest we think oh gosh you know more sleep but it's not necessarily about that it's really I like the word restoration so it's really kind of thinking about your complete day and when you're allowing yourself restoration during the day so we're going to do all sorts of things like you know again really quick and easy activities we've got a clock and and we're going to map out when we actually rest during the day currently and then at the end of the workshop we're going to reflect on that and have a look at where we could develop more rest periods during the day so it could be taking out the mandala and at lunchtime before you go back into your next you know activity after lunch do four minutes and that's rest you know that that's kind of bringing you centering you calming the mind before the next sort Mm. of um, activity it could be about rituals before you go to bed so it might be about you know what, what time you go to bed it could be about how the room is what the smells are you know do you have you know a have you got a, an aromatherapy ritual before bed, you know, quietening the room down, making it dark, technology, just talking about all of those things. And, and again, Kim, not about, you know, saying that people must sleep between here and here and eight hours is, you know, everyone must get eight hours, more around bringing the awareness of rest into people's minds and, and getting them just to think about when they do rest. And, you know, for often for people, they don't. They actually don't rest during the day. They just, you know, bang, 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 you know, from the time they wake up until the time they go to bed. It's really just flat out the whole time. And where are the parts that we can just take a couple of minutes and rest or, you know, just walk outside? It doesn't have to be for a walk around the block, but just go out and, and be more conscious of that that time of rest and mm. quietening the mind. So we're going to do a whole lot of things around that and, and just bringing that awareness in for people. Love it. Mm. So tell us some things around one of the other areas. Mm. So nutrition is always a favourite of mine because I, I, I have had my own nutrition journey, which has been very interesting and enlightening for me. Um, so with nutrition, we... Again, bring about a little awareness around what people are nourishing their body with, what they're putting their body into their body. 
So for many of us, we're bombarded with eat this, don't eat that, do this, don't do that. And we just are confused and we don't know what to do. So we do lots of activities around nutrition, just gaining a little bit of awareness around um, it could be just your everyday, you know, products in a supermarket. So orange juice, water, Coke, uh, health bars, that type of thing. And, you know, we do a beautiful little activity for people to um, guess the sugar content. And we come up with some really interesting results around around that. Um, but really for, you know, for nutrition, we want people just to become, again, mindful, you know, make some choices, make choices that are right for them. So for some people, you know, they really might not be able to eat anything with gluten in because their belly swells and they get gas and it hurts and it's painful. So we encourage them with the job to journal what they're eating and how they feel. And when they know how they feel, they'll be able to make some decisions about, well, do I want to continue eating that? Is that right for me? So mm-hmm. how do, you know, is that enabling me to be my, be my best self? Mm. And so, really around nourishing the body, isn't it? So, you know, what when you eat something, not just eating it because, you know, you, you, you feel hungry. Yes, that's one reason to eat. But really, you know, finding things that really, you know, nourish the body and, and make it feel alive and make you feel full, you know, in more than the sense of just food um yeah so i know people have uh, you know lots of different relationships with food so we we try and kind of bring that awareness around you know how to nourish their bodies what time is best for them to eat you know and that can be different Mm. for everyone as well so rather than it be just you know uh, fuel my body it's so much more than that so Mm. and it's also i think particularly i mean they're all interlinked these areas of the john but when we talk about rest we talk about moving our bodies into the parasympathetic nervous system so the rest and digest which is when you need to be eating so so many of us eat our lunch at our desk or in you know in the middle of our work day um, when we're very very busy and then we're in fight or flight Mm -hmm. so you know we're being chased by the dinosaur we're trying to eat at the same time we're not producing the right chemicals in our body to digest that food and then we end up with inflammation and problems and intolerances and things so all of these areas, they work with each other. You know, if we're getting the right amount of rest of our day, then we'll be di- digesting our food. We'll be making the better food choices for us that nourish our body, mm. that help us grow. That makes such sense. Mm. What about Very simple. Oh, we love, we love connection. And again, I think it's another area of our lives. You know, when we get busy, that's probably something that a lot of people kind of drop off. Oh, too busy to catch up can't do you know can't connect um yeah so we really want to you know focus people on the connection and what that can give to them as well so you know it might be you might be flat out but you know can you get together with a couple of girlfriends and do a walk while chatting and talking and connecting um so just those times of the day that you can actually connect in and and feel you know share things with other people and and gain from them let them fill up your bucket and you fill up their bucket but not feel so isolated on the journey I think and you know no matter if you you know you're at home and you work from home a lot of people do these days how do people stay connected and probably you know more more connected than for example on Facebook or social media or through the web so really trying to get those other connections happening as well so it might be a phone call rather than all through text message or or you know those sorts of things so getting people to really um, have a think about that and when are they really truly connecting with other people and what are they getting from those different relationships as well? I know when I was doing that chapter, 
I was became very mindful of how many times I say, we must catch up. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, look, we really must, you know. Mm. And I thought, oh, is that just a throwaway line? Because unless I really, do I really mean it? I mm. mean, of course, I'd love to catch up. But yes. Is that just a throwaway line? Because right now I haven't got time. You know, it's like I became very mindful of that. Mm. And I think, it, you know, social media just hasn't helped because we, you know, we might do a like on a Facebook post or a quick message and then we think we've done our bit to connect. And, and it's a real shame, you know, and it's it's so wonderful when we do catch up with, with friends and, and girlfriends and, you know, it could just be for a beautiful walk mm. or a gossip or a drink. It doesn't really matter, but just that, you know, sense of being with other people. I think that note on, on social media, though, I keep saying to people that knock it all the time, not that we're knocking mm. it, but for anybody that goes, oh, it's just, it's awful, it's ruining us and all that sort of thing, I always try and flip it and go into when I hear of remote women uh, in the middle of the Northern Territory mm. here who that is one of their only ways mm. of connection or when I come to an event and someone says to me, oh, I love seeing the pictures mm. of your daughter mm. at that event and it's kind of like rather than fight it, mm. I think what I got from Jean was have that as part of your That's connection right. a balanced medium i think it's respect yeah. you, ha you have to have respect for all of those mediums and, and, and use them they're fantastic mm. they're amazing what you know enables mm. us to do mm. and how to be connected like you say with people that are remote for me for the people that are on the other side of the world that i love dearly it's you know often my only way to connect yes. with them mm. regularly and um, we do love that accent <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what's important about that, Kim? I was just thinking about the, you know, the connection and the ways to connect. I think it's important for people to reflect on how much of each type of connection do they have. You know, so, so you know, we're talking about the social media and that can be, you know, amazing for people, um, you know, but it could take other over other people's lives. So I think it's about asking yourself the question to be your best self, how much time you know, do you use on social media and, and what are the effects on that for you? Because some people, it's brilliant for them and they get so much from it. But other people, you know, may allow that to take over their lives a little bit and need to kind of quieten that area. So I think it's about the, you know, how you went through the job. It's about reflecting on those different mediums and what serves you. Yes. Yeah. In the best possible yeah. way. Yeah. Growth. <laughs> What was that one of the yeah, chapters? Yeah, yes, is, I just yes. thought it was that the right word. Yes, yes. it is the right What's word. What's a tip we can give our listeners around growth? Yes, gosh, there's so many around growth. Um, I think one of the one of the gorgeous things around the the questions that we ask and and so forth is around connecting with your authentic self, so your core self. Who are you? Who is the person that you know has developed over these years? And one of the beautiful things that we did yesterday was the vision boarding around that. So we asked ten questions around each of the areas of the job, really questions that people could think deeply about about and reflect on those and we've began with writing those down which suits some people and is great but then we kind of took that a level further and we created a vision board around that so rather than thinking about growth as in you know what do I want to be you know into the future what do I want to have what are the things that I want to surround myself with it's really around thinking about your best version of yourself your core self right now what nourishes you in those different areas and be able to depict that on the board and really live into that and not be afraid not have fears around you know being your authentic self more of the time 
I so, like that. I mm. love the fact because most of my vision boards have always had, you know, the beautiful house and yeah. the, or the car or the whatever it is, the holidays, the visions around the future. And yesterday was really like there was a picture of a bird flying in the sky. And to me, that meant business class flights that were just amazing. It meant soaring above the clouds. It meant rising above. It meant being free. Like it had a whole mm. different connotation yes. around what I've always seen as my vision board. So I think Pinterest has been an amazing, yes, amazing. social media platform for that. Yes. But there's still nothing like the... The, the the actual making your own little vision boards. So I Absolutely. really appreciated that. Yeah. I know you're very good at this one, Nancy. <laughs> the movement. What would be some tips around movement? Movement. Oh, we love movement. We Our last month's workshop was around movement. We had a beautiful guest speaker in. And he talked very much about what is movement compared with what is exercise? So we get very fixated again on we should be going to the gym or we should be doing yoga or CrossFit or anything else. And, you know, it has to be, you know, very structured and X amount of times per week. And if we if we don't do it, well, you know, that inner critic comes out again and we beat ourselves up and um, all those types of things happen. But for movement for us, it's just that. It's just moving. The body is designed to move in every single plane. So sideways, forwards, backwards, up, down. And if you watch a child move, it's amazing. They move all over the place and they're quick and they're active and that's what we should be doing. So when we encourage movement, we encourage incidental movement. So if you're gardening, if you're doing the housework, if you're you know taking the stairs instead of the, the lift, Absolutely, if you love CrossFit, yoga or anything else like that, then do that. That's perfectly fine, but mix it up a little bit. So find movement that's right for you. What do you like doing? It doesn't have to be, you know, pumping it up at the gym. Since I did that chapter, I'm even mindful of when I'm sitting at the lights thinking, oh, I can't exercise. And then all of a sudden I think, I can do my pelvic floors. You can do yeah, floors. I can actually extend my tummy muscles <laughs> and I can do a breathing exercise. So... <laughs> There's actually opportunity around us yes. all the time. Mm. Even in hospital or when you're not well, there's an opportunity to just even lift your leg just to mm. keep the the muscles going on a flight. Mm. I'm always conscious of doing calf raises mm. while I'm sitting there, rotating at the mm. spine. And I think that's that whole Paleolithic movement around mm. functional mm. movement and activity of doing what the body naturally does. So mm. I really... I was very, I loved that one too. <laughs> so from the resources point of view, what does that look like as far as tips for our beautiful listeners? Yes, I think resources is really around money and time. Um, so it's just having a look at those particular areas and, and seeing what you need and what you, you don't need. And um, we've got a, a gorgeous little story. Max um, <laughs> had some things that um, you were selling recently, I think, I, at the market, yeah, I was wasn't giving it? giving them away. I had some DVDs and I was having a big clear out <laughs> and a big purge and there's this lovely, gorgeous man at my local market that sells dvds and i thought i'll go and give him these dvds and he gave me some money unexpectedly and i bought half a dozen plants and spent the afternoon moving gardening <laughs> it was i and i felt such joy ripple effect. such yeah such a great exchange of resources mm. 
that you know gave me so much joy. I was just thinking of those things, Kim. You know, ways that you know you might you know want to buy a particular thing, or you know have kids that want to buy an iPhone or whatever it might be. But things, are, you know, thinking of ways that you can get those things without the traditional, you know, spending you know all your money on them. It might be, gosh, I've got this amount of resource and I want this particular thing. How can you exchange? You know, can you do a bit of looking after a girlfriend's children and they look after yours and all of that sort of thing. So it's really kind of getting back to um, ways that we don't just, you know, we're always kind of, you know, spending money, aren't we? But what are the gorgeous ways that have other flow and effects um, other than just, you know, paying for something? I love it. Yeah. I love it. And finally, of course, we come back to the mind. Give us some tips around how to look after that thing we call a mind. (laughs) This is a fun one. We really love this one as well. And I think that the thing that resonates most for us or people that we work with that get the most joy out of is gratitude. Um, And I think we touched on it before a little bit as well, but we do this gorgeous activity around a gratitude bucket. And there's a beautiful book that we have that um, talks about feeling that everyone carries around an invisible bucket with them. And it works really well with children. It works really well with adults. And we've got our bucket, um, and often our bucket can be quite empty because if you're a you know a giver, you're always giving out of your bucket, and your bucket is getting reduced all the time. So you're just giving, 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 and eventually you won't have anything left in that bucket to give, and you're feeling depleted and not feeling nourished at all. So it's about looking at your bucket and and filling other people's buckets, but also filling your own and making sure that you know you're um, appreciating y- yourself as well. And that's terribly hard as we said for some people to actually say you know what do I appreciate about myself and genuinely you know be able to fill their own buckets fill other people's buckets and just be aware of you know what power the gratitude has and with social media I think it's very easy to be able to practice this now as well so you know send someone a quick text to say you know what thank you so much you you know for making me that cup of tea this morning you saw that I was busy and Next minute cup of tea on my, you know, on my table, you know, that can really change someone's day or well, you made the my, hello in the supermarket. You made my day when last week we'd had a conversation around, you know, the retreat and everything and then you sent me a text wishing me all the best for my brother's wedding out of the blue, it was mm. like, which was that day. So that was just, you're right, those things make a difference. I'd also like to add that. Um, for many of us to accept a compliment or mm. accept gratitude is not necessarily easy or we may not have practiced it very well. And I always say to people, whenever someone pays you a compliment, rather than throwing it back like, oh, Maxine, I love your voice, and she says, oh, my gosh, I don't like the sound of it, wouldn't it be lovely if she turned around and she said, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. And so I'm always telling people that when someone does genuinely pay us a compliment, one of the greatest gifts we can give back is those two little words, which is thank you. You know, Kim, you know, life is a practice. All of these areas, it's just practice. And, you know, we, we spend so much time on trying to get there. We forget the journey. And that's what it's all about. So we need to practice gratitude mindfulness meditation whatever it is and make sure it's fun for people yes make sure it's fun you know if if it's not fun then you know think of another way of doing it engaging with it look i just i know we could talk forever you (laughs) girls are phenomenal and we've come to the end i've 
definitely missed my beautiful Cindy and Karen. They would have asked you a whole lot of other questions. <laughs> um, but maybe it was just as well it was the three of us. But um, for those of you that are listening to our beautiful show, please go to facebook.com forward slash up for a chat. Make sure you post your comments and feedback there. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating. We really love those five-star <laughs> ratings. But if you would like to follow these amazing souls, can you give us your website, please, gorgeous girls, and any of your social media platforms? Yes, it's just wellinu.com. So W-E-L-L-I-N-E-U-X.com. Perfect. And I know that you're on Instagram. We've got some beautiful photos that we shared over the weekend. Your imagery, your packaging, your delivery is beyond exceptional. It, it's truly beautiful. You've also taught me and reminded me about if it's not beautiful, don't have it in your life. Mm. And I don't mean to say we get rid of husbands or children <laughs> or anything like that. Um, but in reality, you know, it's about creating things that gift. make us feel good. Mm. And the Jom Journal would be the greatest gift. We also um, would love to say you can get that on uh, wellandnew.com. Yes, yes. Go there. A lot of us also stock the books. So if you're buying your oils, you feel very free to come and get it on there. I cannot recommend it highly enough. You both top my tank like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> Much love to all of you girls and what you're doing. I can't wait for the next journal. Please, if you've enjoyed this podcast, let us know and, and let us know what your journey mm. of me is all about. And if you're keen, actually, you know what? I'm going to suggest that we give away a copy. Yes, so let's do that. What we'd love you to do is you place your comments on facebook.com forward slash up for a chat. You put down there one of you that you, someone in your life that you think would deserve a copy of Jean, whether it's yourself remembering it's a gift to yourself or someone else that you know could really do with looking at those eight beautiful areas of life, then I'm going to donate a copy of my book into the Up for a Chat page. So on that note, take care of yourselves and become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. We'll see you on the ride. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.